I believe that is it for the announcements. And um, yes, let us also give our worship team a round of applause for tonight. I think something that, that just stands out so much is just their obedience to the calling that God has placed on their life because of the things that He has called them to and their willingness to do that. They are here to bless us with the talents that they've got as well. So massive, massive shout out to that. And we shall be getting into the sermon tonight. I might need it. That helps. Okay, and before we do that, let us jump straight into prayer. Father God, we, we just come before you tonight. Thank you just for everything that you have been doing in our hearts, working in our hearts, Lord, uh, in this week leading up to now. We pray that you'll just continue to help us focus in this moment, uh, make our hearts available and ready and, and willing to do what you are placing on our hearts here tonight. We pray just for an openness and for your spirit to move amongst us in Jesus' name. Lord, I also just pray that you just speak through me, that it won't be my own words, but that it'll just constantly be your words that are coming through in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. Sorry, lots of things to get through tonight, but um, looking forward to a fantastic evening. Um, yeah, just to, before we get into anything, I think tonight's an interesting one for me because uh, I've prepped during the week and I've gotten all my stuff done and put it on paper and everything. And, and kind of what I feel the Lord laying me to is, or may not be what's on the paper. So if tonight is not what you expect and it goes completely where, yeah, I don't even know it's going to go, um, yeah, please have that openness in your heart just to see where the Lord wants to take us. Um, but yeah, tonight we are starting a new series. Uh, for some of you who might have been here this morning, we started the um, new series. It's called The Perfect Pattern. And Pastor Louis preached the first message this morning. And he talked about the perfect pattern of obedience, all right? And today we're going to be looking on that and building it. And it's going to have a little bit of a different flavor because I've got a very different perspective on things and have life experiences that are different to obviously what Pastor Louis has. But I trust that the Lord will, both, it will take us both to the same place where he wants to arrest our hearts and call us to the obedience that he wants for us in our lives. So... Um, yeah, we're looking at specifically Romans 12 for the series over here. And if you, if you go and have a look through the book of Romans, uh, Romans 1 to 16, from 1 to 11 basically talks about believing in God. That's kind of just a summary. Like Paul goes on to, to obviously speak to them, encouraging them to believe in God. And then in Romans 12, he moves on to say and talking for the rest about obedience, doing what God has called you to do. So obviously, we're stepping into this place now of obedience. And the next weeks following here, we'll be talking about different, different perspectives from Romans 12 relating to service, etc., etc. But the core of it, we need to get to understanding that God is calling us to things, and we need to be obedient. And I thought to myself instantly when, when I got this topic, I'm like, obedience, okay? And <laughs> I guess it kind of takes me back to my childhood. Uh, I, think, I think back to this one time where I learned obedience very quickly, and I, <laughs> I'd been having a bit of a quarrel with my sister. I don't know if she's here tonight, but um, yeah, we were having a fight as siblings do, and I called her something, 
Uh, I won't say uh, <laughs> what it was, and I won't let your imaginations run too much. But um, I called her something, and she slapped me so hard in my face. Like, it stopped me in my tracks kind of thing. And <laughs> that was the last time I ever called her that. And more than that, you know how your parents are like, yeah, you, for, for what you said, we're going to wash out your mouth with soap. And you know, we always say, oh, come on, that's an empty threat, man. Who's really going to do that? Yeah, I know what soap tastes like. <laughs> um, and it was not pleasant. And needless to say, that was the last time that I ever said such things to my sister. And we get along very, very well. And uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a bit of that. But if you look at it in its core, is, is think about obedience. What is it? I, I went and had a look on Google just to, I like to see what, what the dictionary defines as obedience. And it kind of had two main ideas that it was presenting. And it was basically this, is compliance with an order, request or law, or submission to another's authority. All right, so there's two kind of main ideas that we can take from this. The first of that is compliance to a request. So understanding, like if you think about the law, the law is there put in place, right, that we need to be obedient to. So it is kind of that, that compliance or request. And the second sort of tier to that is understanding that the person who would have put that, that law in place is in an authority over us in that specific realm, all right? That helps us just to get a, a better idea of what obedience is. And um, if you look at <laughs> the, the deeper message of our calling, what is our calling? What is our purpose as Christians? What are we called to do? And that we can find in Romans 8, verse 28 and 29. And I guess this is kind of a, a standard thing which I always start a sermon off with because if we know what we're aiming for, then we know how tonight's message will help us come in line with what God is calling us to. And just to reiterate that, Romans 28, verse 29, basically goes on to say that we are conformed to the image of God or we are supposed to be conformed to the image of God. All right? And the process of our lives helps us get to be more like Jesus. So that helps us because we know now obedience would be a key factor in helping us become more like Jesus. And if you were to think obedience in your life, I'm sure there's a couple of uh, stories around the room where you can all think to yourself, yeah, I learned something and my ways changed from there. There's a few chuckles at the front. <laughs> Don't know about the back. Everyone's good at the back. All right? But here's the thing. Like, we think back to these moments in our lives, and where we learned obedience kind of changed the path of where we were going. It was kind of a fork in the road where we decided, I'm going that way instead of that way because of certain circumstances. Everybody is going to have different things to relate to. And Pastor Louis was saying this morning, and it's so true, is getting now to patterns, is that there are two patterns in this world, right? One is of the kingdom, the pattern of the kingdom that is set before us, and the other one is the pattern of the world. We have two choices. Either we're going to go in the ways of the world, or we're going to choose to follow the ways of Jesus. And that, for me, was an interesting choice that I had to make... Um, a number of years ago in my life when my mom passed away. 
And it was a challenging moment where I had to decide, I'm not going to go in the ways of the world. I'm choosing to follow Jesus. And it was not easy, but it was the decision that changed the entire trajectory of my life. And because of that, I am the person I am today. Because of what God has done through me in that time. And an image that the Lord showed me in just preparing for this week, uh, we're going to show it on the screen now, is that of a key. And you must think to yourself, like, why a key? What, what is any sort of relevance? And if you think about it, before a key is cut into its shape, it's a solid block of metal. All right? And in order for it to fulfill its purpose, parts of it must be ground away, must be cut away into the right sort of pattern that can fit into the lock. And in that same way, God wants to do that to our lives. In John, you'll find that whole principle of, I am the vine and the branches. And the branches are continuously pruned so that we can bear fruit. And in the same way for the things that God wants to do in our life, He's wanting to cut away, to mold parts of us to become more like the image of Christ. And you see, God isn't the type of God who's just going to kind of sort of force His will upon you. No. He's a Father. And He wants you to first come at Him with a heart to say, Lord, shape me. Help conform me to the image of your Son. And through obedience, it's a process that shapes us. And perhaps some of you can think of areas in your life where you realize things have needed to be ground away. And let me tell you, it's not easy. It's not easy when tough times come and you realize you need to let go of this or you need to let go of that. And it is challenging and it hurts. Perhaps there's been bad relationships in your life that you've had to cut. Areas of your life where you know spending time with this person is not going to be good for you. That you need to cut ties in order to step into a different pattern. And if you look at the significance of patterns, think about patterns in our lives. Patterns maybe in the form of habits. Things that you do consistently. Consistently. And here's the thing. Patterns, what do they do? They repeat themselves. So we find our place in life where we're constantly doing the same things. Repeating old mistakes. You see, because we are perhaps conformed to the wrong pattern. And you see, God wants to change our trajectory and align us to the pattern that He is calling us to. And it's a process. It does not happen overnight. A key might take a good few minutes to cut. But that forging is the entire process of our lives into becoming more like Christ. And you see, a key is not independent of itself, else it would serve no purpose. All right? But a key fits into a lock. And the next picture I have for you is a lock. It's coming now. I hope. All right. 
in the meantime, what I'm going to explain is how a lock works. All right? And what the ridges, there we go. Okay? And as you can see, the key slots in to the lock. And what those pins do is with the springs, they go up and down according to the ridges on the lock. I mean on the key. Okay? And when they are perfectly aligned, when the right key is in the thing, it opens. And how much does this speak of God's blessing and breakthrough in our life? Sometimes we want the breakthrough, but we're not willing to go through the process of being forged into the people that God are calling us to. Now, wonder our breakthrough is not happening. Because we get so frustrated. We're trying to turn the key by ourselves in our own strength. Meanwhile, there are riches that are out of place that we are missing because we have tried in our own strength. And you see, when God allows us, or when we allow God, rather, to shape us, to mold us into that perfect, perfect key, the key turns and the door opens. And I think there's so many circumstances in our life where this principle can apply because it relates to obedience. When God is calling you to maybe some of the smaller things, it's a test of obedience. Perhaps he's, he's asking you to give Angelique an apple. All right? It sounds silly. It sounds ridiculous. But perhaps Angie's been praying for an apple all day, strange as it may, may be. All right? And that's such a small, small test of obedience. But how can God... Test me or trust me with big things if I can't give Ange an apple. And it's so interesting. It's, it's just in the preparation as well. I felt some of this morning I was busy just spending time in the water. And like the Lord just showed me a graph. And I want to show you guys this, this graph that's um, further on in the presentation. And we'll get to it now. All right. And over here we can see on the left we have obedience. I'm not going to say the colors just because I'm colorblind, all right? And I know the ones, I think, orange and the other one's green, but I won't say which. So we'll work based on obedience and faith. Okay, it's faith that we're applying here. All right, so on the left, we have obedience, and on the right, we have faith. Okay, so it's, it's easy to obey when I have a high measure of faith. God is calling me to give Angelique an apple. Okay, cool. I'm going to give her an apple. Sweet. Fantastic. All right. My faith is higher than my obedience. And what this we can sometimes call is doing things in our own strength. We're like, okay, I can do that. That's measurable. But what happens now when God is calling you to do something that is so much bigger than your level of faith? And that's the next slide. When you're, the demanded obedience of you is so much more than what you think you can do. How many of us have experienced this in our life? Where God is calling you to do something, and you just think, Lord, <sighs> oh, not me, not me. No, you can see that all over the word. You can see that in our lives. The Lord called me to run to Cape Town. <sighs> Whoa, not gonna, you know, crazy things. But what he does is in that process, he shapes you. 
And he does those small ridges of the key day by day in order to help open the lock. And it takes boldness and courage because it's not something that happens by default. What's our default setting? <laughs> Cheers. I'm out. I'm going to go do my own thing. <laughs> no, God's not interested in that. He wants to shape your character. And it's going to take a boldness from us that demands a higher level of sacrifice. And knowing that he has called us to great things. He has called us to big things. And what does this process do? When you overcome the things that are bigger than yourself that God is calling you to do, it does exactly this process. In the next slide, you'll see it. It increases your level of faith. And it may be small things that he does daily, but I wouldn't have a problem giving that apple if I know what I've been through, the things that God has called me to. And it's a level of trust and faith that we need to acquire to do those things that he's calling us to do because he doesn't want to see this world the same. The Lord's heart is to call people to him, to see people reconciled to him, have their hearts close to the Father. And that's our responsibility. That becomes our obedience that we need to do. I just want to read here from John 14, verse 23. It says, yeah, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever loves me will obey my teaching. And what is the first commandment that God calls us to? Love the Lord with all your heart. Here we see it. You can do it through obedience. Expression of love coming through obedience. And like I've said before, it's, it's not easy. But God's more interested in your character than your comfort. And I believe the one thing that we constantly find ourselves is we get lazy. I get lazy. Lord, you want me to go and do that? <laughs> uh, I think I'll just go somewhere else instead. And it was so interesting. This was a story that happened to me, oh man, probably a few months ago. And I woke up in the morning and I'm, I'm reading the word. And I feel like the Lord is saying to me, go and give that beggar at the corner, like go and give him a sandwich and speak to him. So I'm like, it's easy to do that when you're in quiet time. You're like, okay, cool. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm, I'm in. Sign me up. Sweet. And, and the only time I could do it was Friday after school after I'm done teaching. So I'm like, ah, you know, like, Lord, by the time it's two o'clock, I will have forgotten about it. And you're happy in that time. And constantly throughout the day, there's this reminder like, go and spend time with that guy at the corner. Go and spend time with that guy at the corner. You're just like, Lord. Okay, so anyway, end of the day comes, and now I'm off to spa to go and buy my goodies for this guy. And you, you know how you like to procrastinate? It's like, I'll get the bread. Bread. What, what would this guy like on his sandwich? Jam. And then you get to the jam aisle and you realize I've never seen so much jam in my life. 
apricot, strawberry. Now, which flavor would he like? Hmm. And I'm not even joking to you. Like, I must have spent about 10 minutes looking at jam. Because in your heart, you know, like, oh, this is buying time. This is buying time. I don't have to go. And eventually, I got back home, and I got over myself. And I went to the guy at the corner, and we spent a bit of time chatting together, and then ended up spending time with another guy there. And afterwards, I walked away, and I just thought to myself, that was actually not as bad as what I thought it was. And I think sometimes we have a mental block to the obedience that God is calling us to. And then we realize, we overcome, and we're like, okay, wow, that was actually not so bad. Like, yeah, God, you're good at this thing. Man, let's keep it up. Let's do this thing. And <laughs> when you do these things, it starts to ingrain that pattern in you. Because you realize that obedience is not necessarily for you. Because your obedience may be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Those guys could have been praying all day for, Lord, just send me, send me something. And all it was, was just somebody willing to say, okay, Lord, here I am. Send me, if you want to, maybe, just for a little bit. <laughs> Can't we resonate with that, guys? Or is it just me? I th <laughs> yeah, man. But I just feel like we want to get to a place where, where the Lord is sitting on the throne and he says, Go and love my child. And my immediate response is, Lord, what can I do for them? What do you want me to do? You see, God's heart is no less for an executive compared to a homeless person. We often look at it with our own eyes, with our own judging eyes. And we miss, we miss those things. And sometimes we even reverse it. And we think it's the homeless person who needs God more. But perhaps it's the executive who's living for himself, who's building his own empire that God's heart is broken for because he wants to see his life transformed just as much as what he does anyone else. And our, our tagline for this, this young adult event coming up is God needs you. And you can go and wrestle, you know, theologically about that as much as what you want. But at the end of the day, God needs an army who are willing. Who say, Lord, here I am, send me. I just want to be part of what you want to do in this world, Lord. Because he has gifted us uniquely. He has given each and every one of us a talent. And a unique way, a unique calling. And he wants to use you to see the world change. To see the world transformed. And here it is in Romans 12. This is Paul going on to say, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And just one, one or two things to, to really take away from that thing is presenting yourself as a sacrifice. God's not looking for your ability. He wants your availability. And if you're in a place where you say, Lord, here I am, send me, you better be ready. Because God's going to take you on a mission where you'll see a transformed life. But it comes down to you. What is the sacrifice that you're willing to give up in your life? We're perhaps a young generation who, you know, like movies and, and TV, and we're in a busy world where everything is vying for our attention. It's so many different things. I mean, I struggle to keep up. It's like, oh, I want to watch this movie. Oh, I want to spend time with Oh, And you, you find yourself in this constant zigzag trying to find everything. And those interactions, those things will shape you. And perhaps the patterns of the world which are trying to imprint themselves on you. And one of the dangers that it could lead to is that the church becomes so secular that it looks like the world. That's exactly the response that it should be. Because it's the kind of conviction that we need. We can't be a church that's going to be lazy. And a good friend of mine says it so well. I don't know where he got the quote from. And it's, it's harsh, but I want this to cut to our hearts deeply. And the quote goes, To hell with the world and to heaven with me. You see, it's exactly what has happened to us. We've got our ticket to heaven, and we forget about everyone else. And God's heart is burning, burning for the people around us. His desire is to see His people saved. He wants his people reconciled to him. And as a church, we can't afford to sit back anymore, any longer. We can come here and we can be touched on a Sunday evening. But what does the world look like after you enter it on Monday morning? What are the patterns that people see in your life? Is it matched to the world? Or is it the pattern of Christ in you? Is it the image of God molded into you that brings about a change? Because you see, God wants to transform us. There it is in Romans 12. Present yourselves as a living sacrifice. And further, do not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's a process of transformation. 
that God wants to use us to bring hope to this world. And all it means is a simple yes from you. And you know what? Sometimes we think with obedience. Just wipe these tears away. But um, sometimes we think with obedience and disobedience is that if we get it wrong, the Lord's waiting with a lightning bolt. And he's just like, are they going to get it wrong? Ooh, that one. Strike them down. And you know what? We have a merciful God. And he knows we're going to get it wrong. Man, he created us. And he uses those things to shape us more and more. You see, we can't sit and linger in our disobedience. But we need it to convict us in order to bring change. I may have missed it this morning when the Lord said, do this or do that. But you know what? This afternoon when he calls me, I'm saying yes. And when he says yes, I'm going. And where I'm going, I do not know. But people's lives are going to be changed through what God wants to do through me. And that's the kind of attitude that we need to simply adopt. Just to say, Lord, I want to be part of your transformational army who are going to make a difference in this world. There's one scripture in Hebrews that sums it up quite nicely. And this is where Jesus was just um, part of his prayers going up to, to heaven. And goes on to say here in Hebrews 5 verses 7 to 10. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And he learned obedience through suffering. But through it, he was made perfect. God wants to perfect us through that obedience that he's calling us to. To the shaping for the unlocking of the things that he's calling us to. And you know, sometimes we think, Lord, how, how should I be obedient? Well, I can't tell you how, you know, a three-step plan and how to be obedient. Sometimes it just means yes. All it is, is allowing the Lord to be on the throne of your life. Because if we're in a place where God calls you to do something or asks you to do something, and we think to ourselves, uh, Lord, uh, about that, hmm, yeah, all I'm simply doing is saying that my decisions are higher than God's. And that's the reality. God isn't at the throne of your life if you're the one making those decisions. And we need to get to that place where we're trusting the Lord. And sometimes, sometimes he, 
He can ask you things, and we don't even know sometimes what He's asking. But we need to go with our intuition. And we need to go with what the Spirit is guiding us to. Because that's why the Holy Spirit is there. He's our helper. He's our comforter. Comforter is something that only comes during hard times. Why would you need more comfort if you're already comfortable? Sometimes I wonder if perhaps, you know, I think to myself, like, I see all this persecution in the world. I see, like, you know, all this crazy stuff going down. I think to myself, Lord, why? You know, maybe it's a different level here and stuff like that. But you see, at times, like, the devil won't attack what's not a threat to him. And if we're not living a life that makes the devil sweat, then we're falling short of what God is calling us to. Because he wants an army who's going to rise up. And while this may sound all convicting and tough and challenging, it's not coming from that place. It comes from a place of understanding God's heart. Is that obedience brings hope. Obedience brings hope to a nation, to people that need it. You see, we have an assignment on a daily basis to be the love of God out there. I've got it in Ephesians, I think it's five verses two, but it might take me a while to kind of pan to that scripture. But it has to do with living like Christ loved us. Not being in a place of choosing who to love. Sometimes we get that mentality. Lord, who should I love for you today? Okay? So, like, Lord who? Who? Oh, okay, maybe, maybe Skulk. I'll just love him today. God's calling us to love everybody. Every single person. And we think to ourselves, like, uh, Lord, the, the guy in the corner as well, yeah, yeah, um, that really irritable, like, cashier worker at spa, yeah, yeah, uh, the car guard who, like, threw my change back at me because it's not enough, uh, yeah, yeah, all right, we can't be selectively obedient because that's disobedience. All right, and the same thing that delayed obedience is disobedience. Lord, I'll do it later. <laughs> well, you're not doing it now. And God wants to call us into that place to do those things now because His timing is perfect. And I say this whole message again not to, not to condemn, but to understand that we have a responsibility, that we have a calling. And that God has expectations of us. We just need to align with our obedience. And there was a clip, and we're going to just start um, finishing up with this. There was a clip that had a profound impact on my life, and it's actually a song. And uh, one of the girls in our life group, Sam, we went on a camp, and she played this song. And... The lyrics of this song were something that really cut to my heart. 
because it so speaks of the bigger picture of what God is calling us to. It's a song by Bethel called For the One. And what we're going to do in this, in this time is play this clip, and I want you to, to read the lyrics as they come up on the screen as well. To let them touch your heart. To be open to hear what God is calling you to. Because tomorrow, when you're at your workplace, at your school, your studies, you are either a pattern of the world or you're a pattern of Jesus to them, to all those around. And how do we love the people that God is calling us to? The Spirit will help you discern. Perhaps this person needs a hug. Perhaps this person needs an apple. Perhaps this person needs a word of encouragement. But it comes from our heart to say, Lord, what, what is it that you want from me? How can I be a vessel to be used by you today? How can I show your love to those around? And I think we can play the clip if it's ready.
It's such a, a beautiful song that has really shaped a lot of the, the ways that I pray. And it touches me so much that, that people would, in, if you picture that lyric of let people's love, or let them feel the Father's love even in just a smile. Let all my life tell of who you are. And that's the kind of pattern that we need to align to, that we need to be conformed to. Because that's the kind of Jesus who walked the earth, who loved against all boundaries, who loved everyone equally, who didn't discriminate, who didn't judge, but loved deeply. And our obedience allows that to be what God is calling us to. And I want to close in prayer tonight. But I also want to engage each and every one of us that in your heart to pray. If you feel that you want to be that voice, that you want to be that love to the world, that you would just ask that God would come and shape you, that he would call you to those things that you would be a beacon of love to a world that so desperately needs it. Father, we, we thank you so, so much for who you are. You're such a good father. And Father, we want to be, be light and life to people of this world. And that when they see us, they can see the Father's love. That when they encounter us, they would realize and see that there is something different about us that is different. I pray, Lord, that you would blur our vision to judgment, that we won't have any of that. Father, that we will see people the way you see them. That you will teach us and help us to love in the way that you loved. I pray, Father, for People here tonight who feel like through disobedience they've let you down. And your heart is to see us succeed. And Lord, we, we can't wallow in that. Jesus died on the cross that we can live past our sins. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son. And Lord, I pray just as each person acknowledges in their heart the calling that you are placing on them, that we would just be light and love to a world that so desperately needs us. I pray that you'd equip us and give us strength, that by your Spirit you would lead us to be loved to the world, to love in the way that you have loved us. Lord, we want to see life transformation through the things that you are doing in our hearts. We give our lives sacrificially to you. Lord, here we are. Send us. Now pray, Lord, as we become love, that you would fill us with your love. That who we are outside in the world would be an outflow of the time that we spend with you. Lord, we acknowledge you as holy, 
righteous and a good father. We lay these things at your feet and ask, Lord, that you would guide us in these things. In Jesus' name, amen.